You're listening to Tarot Visions. You lucky devil. Hi, Jamie. Hey, Rose. How's it going? Not bad. How are you? How's your week been? Week's been really good, knocking things off the to-do list like crazy. Hey, and of course, with the new moon, that's always a good thing to do, getting a refresh on the week and the month and gearing up towards the blue moon because we're going to we had two full moons that we're going to have, I should say, two full moons this month. So that's kind of exciting. We talked about things we like to promote, and I thought it would be fun to remind people that when they hear this on Friday, it will be Edgar Allan Poe's birthday. And two of our favorite people, Matt and Hope Hughes, created a book, uh, about him and his poems called This and Nothing More, uh, the illustrated Edgar Allan Poe book. Yeah, it's going to be a fantastic book because Matt does illuminated pictures and everything. So it's going to be really neat. And uh, we got to interview them a couple show notes ago. And we just wanted to remind people they can go back and hear that. But it was just a, it made me think of them and make me smile. Was there anything else you wanted to share a quick ch- shout out to? I do. So. Yeah? There's another event that's coming up soon after PantheaCon, which apparently, I guess I, we're teaching at PantheaCon, but this other event happens. What's this other event, though? It happens two weeks after it. Can you believe that? Wow. Only it's two weeks after. Wow. Just about. Yeah. It's called the Northwest Tarot Symposium here in oh, Portland, Oregon. Right. Newts. Yes, Newts. I know I'm looking forward to, to going because I get to see you in person. Yep. And uh, there's all kinds of fun. Uh, different people are speaking and they're going to talk tarot and Lenormand and Oracle. So that's really great. And, uh, you know, people should register uh, at NorthwestTarotSymposium.com mm-hmm. and they can fill out their registration. And then they'll get a letter from the registration dragon and the registration angel. And then if they're really nice, they might even get to see the, the inner one. If they show up. This year's lineup's going to be cool because we have mostly brand new presenters this year. We have a few returning from maybe a couple of years ago, but everybody mm-hmm. is new in our lineup this year. So we've oh, got a exciting. lot of up and coming names, a lot of locals here in Portland. It's going to be a blast. We have our um, schedule kind of, none of the rooms are up yet. We do have three classrooms. None of the rooms are up yet, but we do have the schedule online so that if you are interested in knowing what is going on, you can read through them and get a weekend pass or grab a day pass for one of the three days and come out and see us. I would say go for the whole weekend because why not? I know. Because there's so much interesting things to do there. And then you get to hang out with people and you can chat with them. It's awesome. Well, I'm, I'm glad you're sharing that. I didn't remember that was coming up so quickly. Um, I knew it was coming. I just didn't know it was coming so quickly. So this week, though, I wanted to say that we keep asking people for ideas. Mm-hmm. And I know that... You got an inquiry from one of our wonderful listeners. Do you want to share a little bit about what that was and who it was? Yeah, sure. So I was chatting with Andrew McGregor from the Hermit's Lamp up in Canada, our Mm -hmm. Canadian friends. Canada. Yeah. Hi, Canadians. We do love you. We we, we We are silly people, but we will be silly for you as well Um, and with you. And so he asked a good question like, why don't you guys talk about how to deal with dishonest querents? Ooh, that's a good topic. 
And so that got me brainstorming a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, first off, we need to define what dishonest querency is. True. So we'll talk a little bit about what we came up with that. Mm-hmm. And I know that Rose and I both have private practices as well as we do a lot of um, event stuff like yeah. fairs or festivals, um, festivals or... and stuff. So we're going to try and give you ideas about how to deal with people in both of those scenarios. And also, what does dishonesty mean when you're giving readings, too? Because that that can mean a couple of things. And I think that that was the thing that came up with us when we were talking about this, is that our definitions of what a uh, dishonest querent could uh, can be are two different ways sometimes. I mean, I agree with you with what you discussed, and so we'll talk about it, which is what do you do when you get you're at a festival or you're at a um, fair, whatever, and someone comes up to you and says, "Okay, I want a reading," but they clearly doubt your that you're going to give them a reading, and they they you have no you know you're you don't know anything you don't know anything about me. Kind of attitude, and so how do you? What do you do to prepare yourself when you're in that situation, as the reader? So for me, I call these people the skeptics. They're the ones mm-hmm. that sit down and either say, "I don't believe this is real," or "Hey, tell me what you got," and then look at their watch and kind of like pretend you're on the clock. First thing I'll do is I'll sit with them and just say, "Why are you a skeptic?" And I'll hear you know their ideas about we as readers or mm-hmm. the cards or divination. Because sometimes mm-hmm. religion plays into it. Others, it's like, well, you guys are, you know, con artists. So I'll let them tell me what, you know, they think. And then I'll tell mm-hmm. them, this is what I do. And I proceed to tell them that um, I don't do a whole lot of prediction style readings. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can when I'm at a festival and I see it as fun anyway. I don't say this is going to be the goddess or the God's honest truth. Right. This will be the end all be all because I don't believe in that. I believe in the cards as kind of giving signposts along the road. Or that they kind of give us um, ways to steer clear of issues. I'll say, if this sounds like a good deal for you, would you like, here's the readings. And I'll tell them what they get with each level of fair reading. And then we proceed to do the reading. If they decide, nah, this is not for me. You've given them the out. But if they do sit, I'm going to be like, okay, you know, here's how this works. And I, you know, walk them through as I shuffle the deck. I give them an opportunity sometimes to even look at the cards. I've actually had a skeptic who claimed that, you know, we were BS and all that stuff, sat down and I said, are you willing to play with me for a bit? And they said, yes. And I said, you're going to do this reading. They gave me all the information. They gave a question. You know, we got the, the okay, here's the heart of the matter. And it was like four cards or six cards. I never go beyond six cards at a festival. Yeah, cause because you have time. it takes forever. Yeah. I would lay down a card and say, tell me what you, what you see. And they would start saying things. And at the end, they just kind of sat back and went, huh. This is what you do. And I say, yeah, this is kind of pretty much what I do. And congratulations, you just gave yourself your first tarot reading. Right. And and then they're like, oh, well, huh. Yeah, I've had that. I've had similar yeah. experiences where I've gotten the person going, yeah, I don't believe in this. And I'm like, well, then why are you here? And he's like, well, my, my, so my friend said I should do this. And I, I just, I, I'm like, okay, well, I'm not here to, you know, I'm taking your money. So if you want me to take your money, which I will, tell me what you want to know, and we'll do our best to answer it. Now, mind you, if this was a thing that was easy to do, I'd be in Vegas making money. And I kind of try to break that joke to them when I feel like that's what it needs to be said, because that makes them like kind of relax a little bit. And then it makes them a little more okay. So and I'm like, okay, so what is it you want to get out of this? You brought up another good point. 
I don't read for people that get pushed into it. I've seen too many like teenagers or kids or even adults where they've got the, you know, their buddies have the wine glasses or something in the back and they're egging their, you know, so-and-so guy or girl, whatever, to come over and get a reading. And I look at them and I will say, is this something you really want? No, my friends are egging on. I'm like, don't even bother. I'm not going to read for you because I personally don't want to read for somebody that has been forced into it. It's such an it's not bad juju but it's just wrong it feels like there's not an equal energy exchange Mm -hmm. and it's kind of taking advantage either both ways for listeners out there you kind of have to read the situation you know you can kind of look and tell some cases others you just ask them were you forced into this and if they say yes you can say well we can either sit here and i can demystify it if you're really curious but if you're not curious and you were forced into this, then I don't want to read for you. See, I don't know that I've ever been that straightforward because I don't know that I've ever been told, no, I don't want this reading. It's more of my friends said I should do it. So I'm going to do it because I want you to prove that I, I don't believe that what you're doing. So prove it to me that I'm right. All right. So what other ways, though, do you, you do we deal with dishonest querents? Because, you know, we can talk about skeptics, which we just mm-hmm. did. What about people who are dishonest with what they want? How do you how do you how do you know when that's the case? You know, that's a hard one for me to interpret because I spend time before each reading kind of really finding the heart of the matter. So if somebody comes to me and let's say they ask for a boyfriend or a girlfriend, they want a partner. And I say, well, Mm -hmm. what about that partner do you want? You know, we start talking about qualities or longevity. Mm -hmm. When was the last partner you had? And maybe the truth of the matter is, is that they want to figure out what qualities they want, or they want to learn how to do some self-love before they want a partner. So I kind of flip it around and try and take the dishonesty away and say, well, you know, it really sounds like you want this rather than, you know, where's my true love, one soulmate type thing. Okay, because how do you know when, or how do you have the time at a festival, for example, to do something like that? I mean, because again, that that sounds to me like you something you would do in your private practice, which I totally think you would have time for. What about when you're at a festival? How do you how do you navigate this water? I do it pretty much on the fly. Sometimes I'll let them sit down and talk to me as I'm shuffling. So I'm kind of I want to call it front loading, but I'm also uh, multitasking. So I'll shuffle and say, "Tell me what you're you know what what are you here for?" You know, and then I'll propose some ideas for the spread. No more than like two or three minutes, you know, and say like, "Here's okay. an idea." So. Oh, it sounds like you you don't know what type of qualities you want. Well, why don't we lay down three cards and look for qualities? And the last card might be like, here's what that relationship will look like if you go for this. Oh, okay. Or something like that. So it's you kind of listen and you judge as they're talking and you're shuffling and you're mentally preparing. Interesting. Okay. But yeah, you're right. Well, in, in the private practice, I spend a lot of time. Yeah, because I, I was going to say, in, in private practice, that is the difference between a festival and private practice. You you can be a little bit more specific, I think, mm-hmm. with with your, with your people who you read with. Um, I think the advantage to having your private practice is that they come to you in some respects. I mean, you're, you're obviously out there marketing yourself and what have you. But you can then say, okay, let's get specific. I know when I try and do readings in private practice... I ask, you know, tell me what your question is about. What do you want to know specifically about that question? And then, and I will ask for the question in advance because while even when you're in the middle of the reading, you've now gotten an idea of where their focus is at the moment. And then as you pull the cards during the reading, you can then expand on the idea or say, okay, well, 
have you thought about this part of your reading? You know, is this something you want to know more about? Because you, they may ask about their work, but in the middle of the work, there's this love card and you're like, wait a minute, what's going on here? And I've had this happen where the woman was asking, you know, what, what do I need to focus on for the year for my work? And I'm like, okay, here we did. And then I went, and you have somebody at work and it, you know, that you work with, but it sounds like there's more than just work going on here. Do you want to explore that? And you don't push because, again, that person may not want to talk about it or they may have been surprised it came up, which was what happened. Um, and then it turned out, you know, that this person had this person that they were working closely with and their their work relationship was starting to become more than just friends. But she didn't want to deal with that. And she didn't want to acknowledge it at first. And then we said, okay, well, we're not going to, we're not going to push that. We'll keep that on the, you know, put that over here. And we kept doing the rest of the reading. And then she re- kind of did that whole, huh, I kind of do want to know about that. I kind of want to talk about that. And I'm like, are you sure? Cause you know, sometimes they don't want to acknowledge that thing because, oh, somebody found out about this thing that I haven't been telling anybody about, not even myself, you know, people wanting to know more about something that they didn't really, you know, oh, didn't want to talk about in public spaces. So yeah, that's kind of, and that comes up sometimes when they're not really being honest about what they really want out of a reading. True. And sometimes, I mean, I think it's okay. I mean, dishonesty is, I feel like it's a negative word, but sometimes when you come in for a reading and you're like, I'm here for a love reading, you might not know that you're being dishonest where you, it's not necessarily you want a partner, you want to find love in yourself. So it's not like, Oh, you're, you're lying to yourself, but it's sometimes it broadens when you come into a reading and that cards either flip out and, and tell you a different story rather mm-hmm. than what you were expecting to hear, which is another um, part of the dishonest querent, a puzzle where what happens when f- people look for meetings that aren't there or they, oh, gosh, yeah. or they try and f- ask for a different story. They expect you to say something that like fits in their worldview. Right. Or it's okay. I came in for a love reading and none of the cards are about love at all. Well, what about, well, doesn't this one represent that guy? Cause it's a guy in the card, isn't it him? And it's like, no, that's about your boss and your father and blah, blah, blah. Oh, but isn't it about my love life? It's about my love life, isn't it? And it's like, no, this isn't about that. This was about your job. That's your boss. Unless you're in love with your boss, and that's a different story. And well, we'll have to pull more cards for that. Uh, and that's another thing to think about. So, how do you deal with it? Which part? <laughs> uh, well, when when you have clients that are, uh, you know, like what you just said, but this card uh, means, you know, this person. You know, we're not right. talking about work. We're talking about love. Or they try and, well, you're wrong. Here's how the story goes in your cards. And yeah. Here's how I'm going to well, walk away with it. Again, it's. For me, what I end up doing is I don't fight with them anymore. When I've said, no, this is what this means, and they're like, but doesn't it mean this? I've said a sentence, and then they twist the sentence to mean what they think, and I, I, don't, I, don't get in, I don't get into it with them. It's just if they can't hear it, it doesn't matter what I put down. They're not going to hear it. I need to be okay as the reader going, okay, I've put my best effort out, and this is how, you know, how I've seen it. I've taken the photograph and I know what I've said and I've recorded it and I've written it down. And if they don't want to see that, you may not be able to make them. And that's really disheartening as a reader because you're like, I know I've ethically done the right thing by saying this is what I see. And then they kind of go, but but it means this, right? 
And you kind of have to do the hesitation of, okay, if that's what you see, but that's not what the card means. And just reiterate, the card means blah. Um, And I guess part of it is just to go, okay, this is what they needed to see in that moment. So I kind of, you know, and, and I think it's a thing that all readers go through. We all, I mean, as readers, when we get readings, too, that's kind of hard, too. Um, and again, it's not us being dishonest with ourselves, either. And that's that's the other part that goes with dishonest clearance. We can be dishonest with ourselves when we give self-readings. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of friends who won't do self-readings because they're afraid they're going to not be honest with themselves. But see, the other half of that is, you know, the I try and go, when I get a reading from somebody else, I try and use a deck I am not super familiar with when they're reading. I ask them what decks do they have and I make sure to pick a deck that I am not like really close to because I don't want to let what I know about the cards get in the way of what I'm going to be able to be taught and what I'm ever going to be able to hear. I really think that's a great way to do it because you're not in the way of knowing what the card is. Right. I try and get out of my way. And I think that's a good thing for all readers who get readings from other readers. Uh, Keep in mind that the person you're getting the reading from is giving you a service too, because you know, they're sharing their knowledge and they see things differently than you do. Don't correct them when you, you say, well, no, no, I think it means this only because that's not what they're seeing. It doesn't mean that it's not there and you see it. You can look at that later, but listen to what you're being shared with what's being shared with you because you're going to pick up on something that you didn't see. Because they're not in your shoes. So they don't have your filters that you have. So that's the thing is we all need to be more open, I think, when giving readings and getting readings to the filters around us as well. It's a communications thing. Listen to what's being shared with you or what you're sharing with that person. And again, don't argue with e- either on either side of the table. Don't argue because there's just no point. It's, it's, you're you're going you're gonna to miss out on some chunk of knowledge that might be more important than what's in your own head. That's that's my two cents, and I'm going to stop talking now. Um, but another way to look at that, too, I did, I lied. Another way to look at that, too, and I'll tell you why I lied. I lied because I realized a thing that will, that has happened to me at festivals. So as some of our listeners know, Andrew, my husband, and I have worked events together. Um, there have been times when I will read for somebody, and that person will tell me I was totally wrong, and that that's not how they see it and um can they have another reader okay sure so whoever happens to be available nine times out of ten it's andrew because that's just how it works they go get their reading from andrew andrew does not have the same decks as i do so that's a it's one thing but the same topics come out the same overall and all, sometimes the same cards like the numbers wise mm-hmm. and obviously not pictures and he'll have said almost the exact same thing i've said just in the way he phrases it. And the person who got the reading could hear it. And I think that's the other thing we need to keep in mind with our querents when they when they say, oh, well, I don't, I, not, no, uh-uh. I want to get another reading from somebody else. It may not be that, that the reading that you gave them was incorrect. It may be that they just couldn't hear it from the person giving the reading. Either that, they heard the same material twice now from a second reader, some maybe of the opposite sex or maybe the same sex, and went, okay, that first person was spot on. I refuse to listen to it, and I'm going to accept what I'm being told right now through a second person. That happens too, and that's that's the point, is that yeah. as querents, as, as they may be lying to themselves about what they hear, but then they hear it from a second person, and they're like, oh, okay. And, I- and 
gets frustrating for readers, I think, because we all feel like, okay, I just told you that, and yet, okay, couldn't hear it from me. I'm fine with getting some of that stuff at festival and whatnot, but in my private practice, the way that I've structured my readings and kind of yeah. filter out who I take on as clients, either right. that helps clear out some of the dishonest stuff because we kind of hinted at earlier, I, I on my website, you can actually see my process. I have a whole page about, you mm-hmm. know, this is what you get when you work with me. And then right. I have a questionnaire for they, them to fill out before they have their first reading. So I can mm-hmm. see what they want out of our reading, why they're coming to me, what's mm-hmm. going on. And then at our private reading, I've stopped talking. I don't do the traditional for- fortune teller slash tarot reading where my clients come to, you know, come to me and I tell them what I see in the cards. In my private mm-hmm. practice, they talk and I take notes and I circle mm-hmm. key words. And then from there we do extra work and other stuff. Well, I do this a couple of reasons. One, sometimes, like you said, people don't listen to us but they do listen to themselves. Secondly, I find that having people talk, they remember things better. Whereas Mm -hmm. I used to get people going, hey, you know that reading you gave me a week, a month, or, you know, two months ago? I forgot it. Can you tell me again what it was? I'm like, no, (laughs) because I've either had other readings with other people or other events, but I don't keep a track of those things. That's not for me to keep a track of, I don't think. I think it's important that the clients keep track of their own stuff. So I can take good notes for them, but I don't save the messages. I don't spend the hours I used to do putting an image, writing up a report and all that stuff because I want to move on to the next thing. And to be fair, you, the them taking notes is what helps them remember it, as you said. I don't know about the, the them doing all the talking, but I get your point. But I also see if it's a reading that I've done in private practice, I will you know take a picture and send them what we talked about, but I won't necessarily write down all of their notes and what they said. It's just, okay, this card was what this was, and this is what we mm-hmm. talked about. Anything else, you know, that's, you know, you're going to have to do the work. But again, it sounds also like what you're saying is not just giving readings to people, but also coaching. You're, you're doing more coaching than just tarot reading. Yeah, I use the so, cards as a coaching methodology to help people clear the clutter, achieve their dreams and goals. So I found that this helps because I'm in their frame set. I'm using their, you know, words. It's taken me a long time to do that and to hone, you know, my my private practice down. So that's that's kind of a nice way to also deal with clients who who are hesitant. Um, One of the things that I do in festival settings specific is um, we have a basket full of uh, slips of paper and it's all of the cards from the, you know, all 78 cards cut up in slips of paper. And then, of course, on the back is our contact information. And you want a one-card reading, a really quick flash reading, reach mm-hmm. into the basket. This is your free taste. And then if it's me or if it's Andrew, whoever's at the front desk of our festival space, we'll tell them, okay, this is the card you got. This is what it means real quick. One, one and done. Nice. I like that. Because that way they'll see, okay, if they're a skeptic, They'll kind of go, oh, that was cute. That's fun. I have this slip of paper with the contact information. If I want to know more, I can come back. And that way they've been, you know, they've had a little fun at their event and and I've done something. And sometimes they'll come back and want, you know, something a little bit more in depth, you know, then we sit down and we talk about it. Um, and I've had skeptic people come at that point, too, because they're like, oh, this can't be real. I'm like, well, again, it's up to you. What you put into it is what you'll get out of it. And I remind them that it's their reading. It's not my reading. It's me interpreting what they picked, but it's still 
they're reading to make sure that they know they have the power. And I think that helps with uh, lowering the, the, okay, I'm going to try and fool the psychic game that yeah. sometimes happens. And I also think it also helps with clients who are trying to figure out, okay, well, how can I, I, I want this thing to happen. It's like, well, what is it, you know, breaking it down the question, how, what is the question about and getting more specific. And that helps them from being dishonest with themselves also mm-hmm. about what's going on. And, and like, for example, another thing to talk about is like couples readings. I, I love doing couples readings for two people, but sometimes I will say, okay, now part of this couples reading is one of you is going to walk away for a little bit. And then the other one's going to walk away. Cause then I'll do a one-on-one like three card with them really quick to go, okay, what else do we need to talk about while your partner's not standing there? Because that's another thing that can happen is that they don't want to be as honest as they can be because there might be something that's a problem for them, but they don't want to talk to their partner or they don't know how to talk to their partner. So they don't, but they came down to get this reading and oh my goodness, that thing came up in the couple's part of it okay, so is it time for him to walk away and time for her to walk away? And then we can go into, okay, so what was it that made you click? And we'll talk about that issue and how to help them work through that issue or not, or how to, you know, move forward. And sometimes that's really hard because they do have to have those hard conversations after, but they do it. And that's really kind of neat to see. All right. So that's how I deal with querents who can be dishonest. Look at that. And I guess we'll have to just talk to Andrew and tell him thank you for such a great topic. So, yeah, thanks, Andrew, for this topic. And thank you, listeners, for listening in. And if you have any comments or insights you'd like to add, keep the conversation going by um, posting on our site. And you can follow us on Facebook for Tarot Visions Podcast. And you can follow me on my Twitter at symbol Rose Red Tarot. And Jamie is? At Jamie underscore Elford. Brilliant. Well, thank you, dear listeners, and we hope to hear more from you soon. Thank you for listening to Tarot Visions, a podcast for the modern oracle. To keep the conversation going, please find us on Facebook at Tarot Visions US or follow us on Twitter at Tarot underscore Visions.